Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie taking a well-deserved beach break and we have the wonderful and larger-than-life Amalia Fowler taking the helm on a fantastic topic. I always love saying fantastic topic, but it never becomes untrue no matter how much I say it. And this fantastic topic is on It's Not You, It's Google Ads. So yeah, we're going to be discussing the changes over the past little while and best practices we found across all industries to adapt to them. So yeah, we'll be crowdsourcing and doing some troubleshooting. So yeah, hope you enjoy the chat. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm recording from my studio, not quite in London, UK, I'm still in the UK, but I have gone two hours north of London with my family, we're on holiday, but it's 10pm in the evening and I need some Anu time, some Anu podcasting time, so... I'm loving being here, even though I'm having a very relaxing few days out in the countryside. So yeah, I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC Chat Live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet on that's right, Twitter with my handle, the marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is at PPC Chat Roundup. No, which is just the PPC Chat Roundup podcast on LinkedIn. But if you want to check us out on Instagram, you're on Instagram and you want to see past quotes and snippets, go to our profile, which is at PPC Chat underscore Roundup. So, as we said earlier on, we've got the very lovely Amalia Fowler taking over from Julie just for this week. Julie will be back next week, I believe, on the fantastic topic of It's Not You, It's Google Ads. And we're going to be talking about navigating all the changes we've been seeing to hopefully help each other out and gain some new ideas. Because, yeah, Google has been doing lots of updates over the past 12 months or so. You know, we're going to have... GA4. We have, yeah, we have GA4 come out now. We're going to have a universal analytics, normal one, probably being sunsetted. We've reached an age of where we only have responsive search ads, no more expanded text ads. We have the case of performance max and, you know, how it's really evolving. Loads of new changes I hear about. And the loads of thing, the last one that really put a panic in my clients' uh, eyes was when they, they thought that normal shopping campaigns, standard shopping campaigns were going to be replaced, but that's not the case. It's smart shopping campaigns that's going to be replaced with performance max <clears throat> automatically. So, but before we get into that, we'd like to do a roll call of Amalia as well. She was like, yeah, how's everybody doing? Chris Ridley, I know, definitely joined the chat as well as Glenn Schmetzley and Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly, that is a new one. He goes, my CPAs on a main client account have taken such a positive turn that they had me double check tracking wasn't working correctly absolutely right. You know, it's like when things are actually going well, that's what's actually even more 
concerning. Well, not concerning, but more surprising. So really, good performance should not be surprising. But with all the changes, who knows? And yeah, Julia Vice as well joins us. And I believe we've got um, Sean Ellie, Tim Halloran, Jordan Stark as well. Quite a few people. Ashton Clark as well as Steve Gibson, Lawrence Chase. So yes, even though we don't have the usual Julie at the helm of this, loads of our experts joined the chat. So let's get directly into it. We've got Amalia asking our qu first question saying, it's well known there's a lot of changes that happen to the Google Ads platform and therefore how we work. What changes have stymied you or frustrated you the most recently? For me, it's the one that I mentioned about you know, shopping ads, like smart, smart shopping ads being checked with Performance Max. Performance Max is one that is just so brand new, so all-encompassing that, you know, it's the one that makes me go, whoa, that's a big major change that could, you know, affect, it's going to affect everything, all the types of ads. A lot of times you get updates in shopping ads. You don't get updates with keywords. What's happening with keywords? Something that updates are just happening with RSA ads. Performance Max is something that is going to affect, you know, local ads, shopping ads, the kind of keywords that you're going to be seeing, ad copy and, you know, cannibalizing of data is a lot of things that people have seen. So Performance Max for me is like the major one that has made me go, whoa, how is that working at the moment? Chris Ridley responds saying right now it's Performance Max. Yes, the lack of data available to us and the ambiguous insights and unclear data range pickers are making it a different to report or optimize. Luckily, there are some clever clogs in PPC chat with some great tips and tricks for PMAX reporting. Manachim Annie responds saying that the combination of pushing towards broad automation while simultaneously moving to a privacy-centric world creates difficulties in properly optimizing campaigns. Steve Gibson responds, the crappy interface, I suppose. I wouldn't say I'm frustrated by the recent changes because of Google's, because Google's been heading in this direction for 10 plus years and we're all in the same boat monopolies are going to act like monopolies yeah truly said jordan stark goes removing search terms data removing average position average position that one i was not so much stymied by and that's what feels like such a long time ago i'm like ah so many more changes have have happened was average position even everything <laughs> Yeah, average position. Average position. I'm I'm glad it's still in the hearts for of some people. Anyway, it's a lot harder to test ad copy with the new RSA ads. Jordan continues. Lack of insights into automation and performance. Max, another shout out for for Pmax. And Melissa McKee responds, going, for me, overall slowness in the UI, hidden search terms. These are probably the two biggest frustrations for me. Amalia goes, yes to both. Lawrence goes, when I'm on calls with brands and we are working through the account, waiting 40 seconds plus sometimes between clicks. Yeah, when you're trying to do a demo for a client, absolutely horrible. Like Melissa goes, Fraser goes, oh my God, yes. I also hate the dreadful site cannot be loaded after what feels like five years of the UI loading. Chris goes, have you tried using Google Ads Editor for client calls going forward with all the data in it now? It may be marginally quicker than using Google Ads UI. Lawrence goes, yes, that may be an option. They were just used to seeing the other screens, but I may need to move. I may need to do that moving forward. Even editor has been slow lately, though, which is really bad. Not 40 plus seconds per click bad, but still a little slow. Google do better. Julia Vice goes, and here's my stock with only 280 
CTRs, mm, the match type change and the terrible inevitability of PMAX. Other changes have been problematic, but these two have affected my programs the most. So yeah, PMAX definitely affected a lot of people. Amalia goes, I shall now only refer to it as the terrible inevitability of PMAX. <laughs> Julia Rice goes, yeah, welcome. When in doubt, ask a bard. Fraser goes, terrible inevitability of PMAX sounds like a very niche mid-2000 indie album. Yeah, very very niche, I'd say. Julia Vice goes, you know what? Hidden search terms. Ah, and another fantastic Shits Creek meme. Lawrence goes, wait, you don't like going into a store and getting a bag you can never, ever open, but you had to pay $100 for it? Yeah, I dislike them also. Julia Vice goes, it's not even a bag. It's just a nondescript box and you don't even know what's inside. Oh, you weren't talking about handbags, were you? It was at least a Telfer leg logo on the box is worth something oh lord it's all going on about search terms and i'll leave lawrence and julia vice to get into that fraser andrews responds saying yeah the general uncertainty and lack of information around pmax has been my main irk it can also feel at times that products are being rushed out before being fully completed pmax again that being said menachem has been a great resource for this with norad response super relevant answer here i compare it to the most rushed implementation of vehicle ads vehicle ads where are they again management goes thanks i try to share what we're learning but we're all just learning along the way pmax definitely feels rushed my guess is that google has been has seen people looking to diversify from facebook into tiktok and wants their share Derek goes a lot of young media buyers got their start on social media the old guard i'm 36 like me got started with search less fun for us adapting from keyword-based advertising and another very similar answer sean ellie responds to question one saying hiding data whether that's through search terms hiding on search campaigns pmax or smart shopping a close second would be the match types but these combined is truly frustrating tim halloran responds performance max and similar smart features like rsas that remove optimization abilities in place of machine learning optimization think of it like a, a 20 year old accountant getting a new bookkeeper software one day when they come back into work expecting no pushback <laughs> of course they'll be pushed back alex nicole responds saying my big four are hitting search terms lack of performance data for rsas the emphasis on optimization score and the snail pace of the ui some very good answers there ashton clark responds saying less insight on the search terms reports exact match not exactly being exact anymore and the expansion of close variance matching in general has changed how we how we structure campaigns google ads reps seems to be more aggressive recently than in previous years absolutely the case the whole aggressiveness of google is something i spoke at at my last talk well the PPC Live UK's first event, um, which was also my last talk. Ashton continues saying, forcing everyone to switch over to RSAs and claiming that it's great for testing new headlines or descriptions, but you can't actually see headline or description level metrics to determine what performs best, clicks, CTR conversions, etc. So yeah, very interesting with that one as well. And then Lawrence Chase responds saying that the biggest ones have been the match type system slowness, really bad some days and removal of smart shopping for performance max shopping. 
And we have Melissa McKee responding, giving another answer to question one, saying lack of data for RSA is also frustrating. I get being forced into the new ad format, but please give us more data than just impressions. Yes, I think what they're still doing, um, what I'd seen them doing last was just giving the different impression split clicks, CTR, CPCs, that will be useful as well, Google. And then we have Amalia going on to question two saying, let's start with match type shifts and lack of SQR data. How has this affected your account and what strategies have you found to mitigate it? Don't forget to indicate if you have specific industry strategies for e-com, lead gen or B2B. Yeah, especially with the B2B side of thing, we definitely need more tactics. Chris Ridley responds to, yeah, question two saying B2C lead gen, I've found max conversions, TCPA and broad match keywords are actually working better than phrase or exact match keywords. Wow, mind blowing. That's him putting an emoji there. B2B lead gen. I'm still sticking with exact or phrase match as the lack of SQR data makes using broad match pure guesswork and luck. He continues, B2C ecom and finding broad match type is working well with max conversion value. That's TROAS due to fewer queries being attributed to total other search terms. I do lean heavily on smart bidding, though. Mm, interesting tactic there that I feel Google would be happy with. I don't know about that. To his answer to question two, I think, yeah, we've got Lawrence going, yes, B2C, the broad match with either TCP or TROAS is working pretty well with most retailers. I would not have said that just over a year ago, but today it is better. Amala responds to that saying, it appears I need to get on board. Do you have all broad match keywords in these campaigns? A single keyword? A mix and Chris really responds to that saying in the BTC lead gen account, I have broad and non broad keywords split by campaign, and they originally all had similar budgets and the same max conversions TCPA bid strategies. But since I've seen broad match perform better, I have given it more budget and set its own bid strategy. Chris then continues saying, having strict negative keyword list is a must in my experience and reviewing your neg negatives every three months to ensure you're not bloating your negative list is important too. Lawrence goes, yes to this, the negatives keep crazy things from popping up. I will usually use a keyword tool to find keywords in any way related to get ahead of negatives, especially since we don't see many of the terms these days. Ashwin goes PPC, the only place where negging is accepted and encouraged, yet at the same time, severely limited. And Chris goes, I cringe every time I type neg, but I need it too for character limits. When did he use neg? I must have just read through, passed through all of that. So that's some great tips for like search queries for especially like a B2B lead gen, B2C lead gen and stuff. Manichan responds to Amalia as well saying definitely affects lead gen more than e-commerce with e-commerce broad match plus target rowers works really well because the system knows what drives revenue. And then we have Melissa McKee responding to question two saying B2B, we are routinely seeing 75% of our SQRs hidden. Many of these are converting terms that we would probably add to our accounts. Match type shifts haven't affected us as much lately. Close variants have been around for a long time. Continue that said, close variants continue to be a big problem for B2B. And then we have James Verboda responded to question two saying complete rebuild and restructure of campaigns and ad groups that had years of solid history, agency 
all industries. Oh, Lord, that's affecting everything for him. Amalia Fowler goes, yeah, lead gen. I find that the terms doing the worst are always hidden. I build almost entirely in exact match local service-based clients with small budgets and do a lot of pre-build negative keyword research. Um, and then, yeah, Amalia continues saying, yeah, lead gen as well, saying I also avoid having the word company in keywords, i.e. HVAC company near me because I have figured out that Google translates this to any competition it can think of near my business. Lord, any? And then we have Julia Weiss responding to question two as well, saying public sector, retail, restaurant, lack of search terms has really effed up my public sector campaigns. This is a high risk of overlap and that visibility helped me immensely for match types ever told a government they're paying for irrelevant clicks because of Google. Yeah. Yes. That data was pretty important in some industries. Yeah. A lot of industries I do imagine. Ashton Clark responds to question two saying lead gen BMM was our go-to to match type. So we've pivoted to phrase across the board since close variants caused a lot of overlap instead of hyper segmenting campaigns with tactics like SCAG. So single keyword ad groups where segmenting campaigns or ad groups by the theme and have more keywords per ad group. I think that's the right way to go. I also wrote a blog about this recently, which I will put on the next PSA daily links for us. Cause yes, knowing how to segment ad groups in Google is definitely important. Tim Halloran goes same to that in terms of segmented campaigns and Ashton goes, hope you find it useful and always open to thoughts and feedback. I would be listening, reading that for my clients. Dogar Thomas responds to question two saying lead gen and SMBs. For me, it's led to simpler campaign structures combined with automated bidding. It's kind of a godsend. No need to duplicate match types, no trolling through single data points to try and make up data stories, data stories or data stores, data stories. I got that right. The first time he continues, it also puts a much higher focus on making sure campaigns are separate negative the terms from other ad groups keep everything clean and separate also as much also also much more upfront negative keyword research to be cliched proactive not reactive amalia goes this is true until your clients ask why you don't have more keywords in the accounts ask me how many times i've had that conversation in the last three months doug, doug goes sure though it's a good opportunity to talk about refocusing efforts where it really matters do you want to pay for managing terms or do you want to pay for solidifying your communication of competitive advantage to get more leads less about the platform per se JP response found that to be less true than you think, especially when there's a disconnect between the lead and offline revenue, heard similar things from other mega companies. Doug says, yeah, that's valid. I think taking away the tight control is kind of a throw your hands up moment for Google. They're kind of saying that micro optimizations aren't as impactful as previously thought or communicated. Not sure though. I do think that's the case. All those micro tiny changing bids, adding one extra keyword, adding one extra negative in a reactive way. It's not the important thing. And it's not the thing that actually pushes towards business goals. JP goes consolidation works, but only within certain parameters. If your leads are sporadic and or on long sales cycles, then automated strategies are exactly that microscopic bid adjustments on thousands of signals for no reason. And we have Alex Nicole responding to question two saying exact match was my go-to match type, but now I find myself relying 
on it more, especially with close variants. I find myself relying, not relying. Anyway, I know it can work, but the lack of SQR data along with the push towards broad can be frustrating, especially when working with a small budget. Tim Halloran responds saying lead gen and e-com 50-50 splits. First time I can say that. For e-com, I've adopted a conservative approach to what Google recommends, adding in targeting layers, bid modifiers and placement or keyword exclusions as necessary for B2B. I've changed a lot, more than 280 character worth. Ashwin responds, if you ever want to record a video about it, I'm all for making that happen. <laughs> yeah, Ashwin is all about trying to get people to record videos about their frustrations, which I think is fantastic. Ashwin goes, yeah, lead gen B2B. We have a fairly big ticket, so it gets expensive with no sculpting. I'd love to run a broad match campaign and use the STRs to optimize both PPC and organic content strategy. Instead, I find myself investing more in other platforms and non-PPC earned media. Ashwin continues saying, I will add that with B2B and a higher average converse, conversion value, there is the advantage that one or two conversions can offset weeks of wasteful spend. But one, it's rarer than people think. Two, on principle, I don't think we should be paying so far above the odds. And Sean Ellie responds saying, Ecom gets harder to make the old tiered system of shopping where you funnel high value queries to higher bids. Surprisingly, though, it does still seem to work with the queries we can see. He continues, lead gen, these are smaller budget accounts for us. So we can basically can now only use exact and then see a lot of not eligible low search volumes. Ah, oh, those are frustrating ones. Ashwin goes, even Google Analytics shows most of our non-branded organic traffic as not set. It's really irritating. And then we have Tim going for a question two as well, saying for B2B, it's about digging deeper into long tail based on what's working more so than I used to. So I, I'll start broader on multiple keywords, categories, and see what's sticky. Then once I find it, I'll take what's working and expand, test, expand, test more on this too. Yeah, it's all about testing with what's going on. Lawrence responds, I am across the board with B2B and e-com. I work with some hospitals, retailers, etc. We have simplified campaigns because the data is not there. You have to be ahead of negatives. Also with the match types, we used to let it run and work on them and we have julia vice responding to question two saying restaurants in particular i'm learning i'm leaning more towards phrase and broad with the audience layers on top those are working quite well in terms of getting people into locations it helps helps that it's fast food so not quite as niche as some retail Amali then goes on to question three, and we're going to talk about RSAs and ad copies here. With the sunset, i.e. death, of ETAs, what is your go-to RSA strategy? Do you have one? Or like me, are you just figuring it out as you go? If you're a client reading this, don't worry. I have a strategy called test it and see. That's what all our strategy is. <laughs> Chris goes, I got distracted by question two and all the replies. I have no real tactic at the moment except for add as many as possible and review all Often I'm trialing pinning headlines and pseudo ETAs, but no solid findings yet. Manichim goes, it's Google's words. I don't try to fight the system. I try to make it work for our clients. We use RSAs as intended and only pin headlines when super important. Um, 
eight to answer question three jane airy responding i've been testing one rsa with no pinning excellent excellent quality one rsa with pinned headlines in positions one and two and pinned descriptions good quality per ad group yeah some interesting test there and Amale responds to that. So your question three saying lead gen or slash SMB. I've really leaned into pinning headlines lately and I'm going to see how that goes. I've also built my ad groups differently so that I have fewer keywords along a theme and it's easier to get my RSAs to a great or excellent quality. Chris Ridley responds, tight ad groups themed and keyword clusters is important, I find. Makes it easier for better ad copy in general and better ad strength score. And then we have Julia Vice going to answer question three, going public sector, restaurant, retail. I don't have a go-to, but I do encourage using more assets rather than making ETAs. In public sector, where we look for impression share quite a bit, it's all about several ads and lots of iterations. Steve Gibson responds to question two saying, I've always taken a direct mail approach to match types and seen them as lists of users. So nothing has fundamentally changed either. I want to advertise to the list or I don't. Melissa responds to question three saying B2B, we are replicating our best ETAs with pinning as well as testing RSAs with no pinning. Amalia goes, I think this is my next try if my current test doesn't pan out. Replicating best ETAs with pinning as well as testing RSAs with no pinning. So yeah, test pinning and against non-pinning. Sean Ellie responds, Testing, creating ETAs with pins versus adding many headlines or descriptions. To add this, you have to make sure you have ad rotation set to rotate indefinitely or you can't use enhanced CPC. Apparently, that's this overrides ad rotation settings. So you can't use enhanced CPCs unless you have ad rotation set to rotate indefinitely. And apparently this overrides ad rotation settings. That is interesting and annoying at the same time. Tim Hallerman responds to question three saying, the brand strategist in me always wants to pin the brand name in some way to the one or two spot. Then I use the other H's to test mix of value, feature, and question-based ideas, but I'm open to new tactics as well. Julia Vice goes, I like a thematic approach. One ad is the offer store. One ad is the benefit store. Story even. Mixed results so far, but more success than with ETAs trying to storytell. Lawrence goes, for brands with regulatory or just brand concerns, we will pin themes as well. We have three headlines, one pins, three headlines, two. It's, it is what the brand is okay with pairing together and still gives the algorithm something to work with. Amalek goes, I actually don't pin the brand name. I pin any keyword variation in one and CTAs in two. Tim goes, I like the keyword variation idea too. It's been a while since I've tested DKIs, so dynamic keyword insertion. But if I had to short, um, I had short enough keywords, I like to try something like this brand name, uh, trademark, top DKI outfitter online or something similar top DKI. So top shirt outfitter online. I think that works as that, as that DKI term. And then Lawrence Chase responds to question three saying, I use the past ETA data to drive what we put in the ads in accounts who have very strict brand rules. We pin everything. I'm seeing Google show the RSAs quite a bit more than ETAs though. And then we have Steve Gibson going, I do a lot of pinning. It's not ideal because Google is still going to try to optimize the text and do it incom incom 
incompetently. Basically, if you're not using some sort of ROAS or CPA, which is in itself hit or miss, any ad optimization doesn't work anymore. We got Alex Nicole as well responded to question three saying, I set up new ad groups with just one RSA with as many high quality headlines and descriptions as I can come up with. If it's an existing campaign, I have been keeping the best performing ETAs. I'm about to make some ETA-ish RSAs though due to performance issues. He continues, every ad group has an RSA without exception though. And on to a fun topic. We've got talking about performance max now, Amalia goes. Yeah, just a quick one to start. Have you tried performance max? Yes, no, and why? And yeah, a lot of answers to this one. Chris goes, yeah, B2B lead gen, no success, too much spam. B2B e-com, no experience yet. B2C lead gen, met chief CPA, but not amazing. B2C e-com, great results with better rowers than other campaign types. Wow. Chris manages lots of different types of campaigns. And I love that when you work in an agency. Then, yeah, Chris continues. Why? B2B lead gen tested on Evoluted's Google Ads account as R&D. B2C lead gen trial requested by client. It didn't work, but we learned from it. B2C e-com trialed it with carmats.co.uk. I'm following their great result. We implemented it across our client accounts. Manichim goes, we've tested our lead gen and e-commerce. Why might as well stay ahead of the curve? First mover advantage. Even Lawi responds, yes, e-com basically has to now and I wanted to see what it could do for lead gen. Steve goes, no, I'm unconvinced that it makes sense to combine messaging ads and landing pages for prospects who are at totally different stages of awareness. League of Advertising responds, yes, all of our clients now using it, mainly e-commerce, but some lead gen. And we've got some interesting answer, another interesting answer from Ashton about question three. So this is about RSAs and he goes for lead gen running at least one RSA per ad group. If testing two, I make sure they speak to different themes. Example, RSA one, more heavily focused on pain points. RSA two, more focused on conversions like free trial, testing, pinning across headlines and descriptions, creating fake ETAs, fake ETAs. So RSAs that do only have, I believe you have 15 no, four headlines and four description. I forgot what ETAs are supposed to be. Two headlines, four description lines. Oh, please remind me. Whatever ETAs were, I imagine that's what he means by fake <laughs> ETAs. So yeah, Melissa responds to question four. Yeah, saying B2B, no way. Pmax is not brand compliant for many of our clients and it's way too much of a black box. Oh yeah, Google, you're pretty much pushing aside a certain a whole industry with this performance max dogar thomas goes response to question three saying talk to a very opinion opinionated google rep a few months back his suggestion was one rsa ideally no pinning and treat headlines as your keyword variations with your descriptions being your copy variations not about single copy variations but giving machine learning options yeah mali goes i had a similar conversation and i did try it but what i found was that machine learning wasn't advanced to distinguish between small headline variations so i ended up with rsa like air conditioning repair repair your air conditioning which is two of the same headlines yeah that's a google creation if i ever saw one <laughs> is what julia Vice says doggos goes the data i've seen has been basically that people don't deeply read ad copy anyway they see the ads click 
on all of them and determine from landing page. Not that copy totally doesn't matter, but it's about search term, then headline match. Amale goes, they definitely don't deeply get into it. Headline are where it's at. In service land where I live, it's also almost entirely down to Google reviews at the end of the day, unless it's an emergency, 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 back pain or plumbing issue for example i think thoughts are like that are why that's why i'm kind of based biased about changes in ppc in general dog says the things that matter really matter have nothing to do with whether you spend a hundred dollars or twenty five hundred on junk keywords in your search campaigns which is very wavy and dismissive to be honest and we have Amali responding to question four, saying, Lee Jen, I have not tried Pmax. My clients are small businesses with small budgets, and I haven't been able to justify the test or nor have I heard of success in Lee Jen from fellow experts. I'm getting closer to running one, though. It has an inevitable feeling to it. Meant to say this is for question four. Yes, answering question four. Yeah, I've got that. Sean Ellie responds to question four as well saying we have tried. I feel like it's our job to test everything even if we don't necessarily agree with it. That belongs. That being said, many clients have asked us not to use Pmax. Oh Lord. Julia Vice goes, no, not yet. I know that Pmax will replace my locals pretty soon, but it's just not brand safe for most of my programs. Negatives at the, at the account level and only through a rep recipe for disaster yeah much control to account reps now who are going to start bullying you about getting in touch with some about some strategy no ashton goes not thrilled about the local turning to pmax transition had finally gotten time and budget to test them for a retail client saw great results and then a week later google announced they'd be changing lol yeah that's definitely not as exciting as upgrading smart shopping to performance max manage goes struggling to see similar level of conversions ow julia vice goes well then you'll love this locals just flat out won't run without a video easy brief it in team is informed but pmax can run without a video by just making one up sneaky and not at all brand safe and julia vice gives another answer to question four saying but i did have a convo with a client and the creative team about how if you don't have a video pmax if you don't have a video, Pmax will just make one out of your existing assets. I saw the creative director's blood run cold. Yeah, me choking on my coffee picture in the stock photo on most of my clients' websites becoming videos, Amalia goes. And yeah, I, I had the similar question for my friend Sophie Logan when she was talking about responsive display ads and about how about and how Google will create a video out of your stock photos or out of your images if you don't have a video. And that, that phrase just scared the living daylight out of me. And I asked her, desperately asked for her to show me an example of what that could look like. Melissa goes, yeah, that will turn off each and every one of our clients. No way in hell are they agreeing to that. Lawrence responds to question four saying, yes, with a lot of accounts, some accounts you cannot because of the lack of control where your ads show up or for what they show up for. Google wants this to work so where it is viable. We are trying to make it work. I have seen some good success. I feel like Google will force it eventually, just like the RSAs versus ETAs or our beloved smart shopping campaigns. Just want brands who can participate, no regulatory or brand issues to have a hard head start on what works 
Fraser Andrewsco's agency, the wise Liam, <laughs> Liam Wade or digital underscore Liam once told me to swallow the frog. And as an agency, we've definitely tried to embrace it. Whilst it can be a pain, we have at times seen good results. And personally, I'm pretty much resigned to it being the new norm. <laughs> Liam goes, this is brilliant because I'm pretty sure I never use the word swallow. <laughs> Love, love that. That's the only reason Liam has joined this chat, just to correct something he was quoted on. And then we have Ashton Clark responding to question four saying, yes, we started testing for a real estate client and have seen good initial results. While the main conversion is form submission, it's more of a B2C audience and I haven't tested it for any B2B clients yet. Amali goes, my big issue is getting my client to answer said form submissions. Ashton goes, I've run into that a lot for calls and call extensions as well. Steve Gibson responds to the question for saying, no, I'm unconvinced that it makes sense to combine messaging ads and landing pages for prospects who are at totally different stages of awareness. And then we have Amalia going on to question five saying, for those of you who have tried Performance Max, what tips and tricks or things you to <laughs> things to avoid can you give those of us on the fence or way of over in the faraway field? If you haven't tried, what in particular could help someone help you with it? Chris Ridley said, I did a talk at Sheffield DM on this exact topic. I'm doing more stuff on PMAX too, including a webinar for Evoluted. Get started with PMAX talk for unlevel and optimizer and a 20 minute long talk at PPC Live UK. Woohoo! Love Chris's shout out on PMAX in September. Watch this space. A lot of PMAX talks from Chris. Love it. Manichim goes, shared what we've learned so far in this thread. And yes, I'll give a link to that thread in the show notes as well as I'm sure will also be in the recap notes as well and let's see if we have any more answers question five Fraser goes yeah use GA page insights and ad campaigns as a secondary dimension to gain page insights I think some of the answers were mixed up or some not not a lot of answers for question five so we'll go to question six Amali goes we're often stuck between the needs of stakeholders bosses clients and Google's changes what advice do you have on approaching these stakeholders and balancing those interests? Well, unless it's a ridiculous request from a client, I tend to like going to the side of my client and then ignoring Google and hoping, you know, Google aren't bullies about that. Chris goes, I find it's always best to sit down, preferably in person, and talk through what the client's needs are and how the change may impact how we approach or report on our contribution to this need. He continues, if they want to chase soft metrics, impressions, clicks, etc., then I'll ask them why and check if I'm missing something regarding how soft metrics impact their business objectives. As Google Ads account managers, our number one responsibility is usually ensuring the account is profitable. Manichem goes, try to take advantage of the ever-changing landscape. How can we make it work in our favor? Amalia then goes, yeah, to question six, saying I'm open, transparent, and honest with my clients as much as possible. When necessarily, I back up my thoughts with some expertly written blogs or Google help docs. I will tell clients I don't know if this is going to work and let them assign budget and as much as possible. Lawrence goes, transparency is so important. I open the account with clients and walk through 
everything. Let them know what could go right, what could go wrong. Julia Vice goes, build trust early and continuously. It's our job to help our clients and partners navigate all this change and our expertise is valuable for them. Getting them reliant in one favorite product reduces your relationship, in my opinion. Lawrence goes, that's 100%. Our job is to hit their goals. So whatever platform or platforms helps to do that is what I will work on with them. They know Google is a public company who has their stock price interest in mind. We, however, work for our clients to hit their goals. And Amalia continues on to question six saying, recap everything. PPC gets so much more scrutiny than other tactics because money is on the line outside of agency or consultancy fees. So if we agree to test and we agree whatever happens is going to happen, you best believe that's in a time-stamped email. Sean Ellie responds saying that I try to learn as much as I can about changes and what impacts they may have, then lay everything out to the client as well as my recommendation. Usually this ends in a test, but it's much harder to test Pmax without impacting the rest of the account. Amalia goes, this is a truth I hadn't thought about, thought about. Maybe I'm putting it back on the back burner. In response to question six, Ashton Clark goes, my main focus is on what the client wants to achieve. And then I lay out their options based on what's available. I also make sure to note the nuances of those approaches and frame everything as a test so that expectations are aligned. Ashwin responds to question six, saying, want to start off by recognizing that you can do everything right and still catch blame. That said, one, be proactive and accurate in educating clients or bosses to provide recommendations, not just warnings. More to say on this, but so little room of video soon. Can't wait for that video. Now our last question, and I was so excited to see these seven, seven, actually part one and two questions of seven, because yeah, the last few weeks, it's been three or four questions we've been able to get through, but this one has been packed full with questions and answers. I love it. So Amalia is our last one saying it's a two part or choose your own adventure one. <laughs> part one, what do you wish Google would do differently when releasing new features? Part two, what's something you learned from someone today you didn't know before? Yeah, this is a great one. And I, should, I love some of the answers that came out. Chris goes, I wish Google would hire someone to work alongside Ginny, not tagging as she's on annual leave, to be the voice of customers as the copy trail or Ashwin suggested. Between Ginny and this voice of customers, Google ads can get a lot of valuable feedback and suggestions that will make everyone happy, including themselves. Anyway, he continues. Um, yeah, it's 6.30 and he's going to the gym or having dinner. Manishim goes, I wish Google really understood what it's like in the trenches. Their decisions are made on data from all Google ads accounts. B, I've learned something new. I'm learning something new every day. That's why I love PPC and love the PPC chat community, I should add. And then Alex Nicole responds to question six saying, my mindset around this is entirely centered on transparency, honesty, and always putting my best foot forward. If the change is required, I'll usually work ahead and get some of the kinks worked out before it's mandatory. And part two, otherwise, if I think it'll work well for the client, I'll recommend we try it out and 
monitor, trust, test and monitor. Amale goes, there was a great thread this morning, I think started by Chris, where PPC Kirk talked about how Google is still behaving like a startup and iterates as they go. I really wish they'd release more finished products with more data for us to use. Absolutely. Julia Vaisko's response to part A of question seven saying, give us some time to effing breathe. Talk to us more. Let us try the products and make a rollout plan that doesn't shift the ground beneath us all year long. Agree. Fraser Andrews responds, genuinely, genuinely have support for new products and consult the industry before making changes. Yeah, we wish some of those RSA tests are going on my to-do list. So yeah, that is part two answering B. And Namale goes, yeah, thanks for joining us. And because Fraser had said, thanks for hosting Namale. It was a great host. Sean Eller responds, I wish Google would share more information, both in the account and a legitimate reason for the change in my mind there are too many changes that don't benefit the account or the advertiser and only benefit google so if i am wrong i wish google would explain better amalia goes things i appreciated appreciated today ashton clark sharing this article melissa mckee or beyond the paid i really appreciate learning b2b tactics it isn't my normal space Dogar thomas saying always making me think outside the box and chris ridley with the broad match and tcpa advocating so there's some great advocates there and pretty much everybody thanked her and yeah great hosting from amalia today Dogar thomas responds to question six saying the big thing to be is to de-jargon it to put the impact into business words not analyst words being someone who still likes hyper analysis and data it can be super hard bless him lawrence responds to question seven and we're ending with this one because i know it's been a long chat and i'm very grateful for you sticking with us lawrence sends us with um, to answer question seven give us some b2b love please and maybe slow down the craziness brands are having a difficult time and google is also i.e the slowness and bugs lately getting everything on in place between ad changes pixel changes and, and analytics too much too fast most of us are not working with brands who have the resources of a 1.5 trillion dollar market cap company if you google are having a hard time imagining the small biz owner or even medium-sized businesses with only a handful of coders available and a huge project list. And on that note, I am going to bring us to the end of the chat. Oh no, I want to answer. I want to give Ashton's answer. Sorry. Ashton goes, would love it if reps could provide actual support. Oh my God. Yes. For changes that are happening rather than just giving a sales pitch. We have legitimate concerns and the just tested. We promise it works. Response isn't helpful. Not helpful at all. And yes, no more false pretenses or false starts. We, that comes brings us to the end of our chat. Like, yeah, do, do you want to continue answering question seven? I definitely say, what have you found useful? Share that with us so that someone else can learn from that too. But I hope you have taken some great and useful takeaways from this. We are going to continue this chat, this very exciting chat and very lively chat on Thursday, 5 p.m., British summer time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. So join us there on Twitter spaces if you'd like to continue this chat. For any feedback about the podcast or maybe even some corrections or anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open. I'm on my handle, The Marketing Anu, or on LinkedIn. We have a PPC chat 
Roundup podcast group. We'd love to have you there. It'll also be great to get a rating or review on my Spotify account or the Apple podcast. Please just go to linktr.ee forward slash ppcchat underscore roundup. So that's linktr.ee forward slash ppcchat underscore roundup. Little slight plug about PPC Live UK's second event happening on the 29th of September. As Chris Ridley said, as I mentioned earlier on, he's going to be talking about Performance Max on that one. And the second one, we've also got the amazing Crystal Carter, who's going to be talking about crossover between SEO and PPC. We've got Rand Fishkin, the Rand Fishkin of Moz, of SparkToro, who's just amazing, got loads of millions of followers, which we admire what he he says. And we're going to be doing a Q&A with him and a new name on the field, a lady called Veronica Rumor, and she's amazing. She loves what she does, and I'm sure she's going to give some fantastic insights about paid search. Finally, remember, for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye, and speak to you next week. Mm-hmm.